Hello, this is Andrew Levy again, and here is a podcast which is going to look at another area of employment which ends up being tricky, difficult, and causes a great deal of aggravation. And I'm going to start talking about the contract of employment. Now, there is a lot to say about the contract of employment, and we're not going to say it all in um, one segment. So we're going to have to return to it and particular aspects of it. But I'd like to start off again with basic principles. That's the way I operate, because once you understand the principles, you can build a huge edifice of understanding on it. But also, you never need see me again or listen to me again, because you understand the principles and you can work with it. So the thing we need to understand about a contract is that it is an agreement freely reached between two parties in terms of which they incur both rights and obligations. Now, the fascinating thing about contract, and I see contract as one of the greatest inventions of humankind. You know, when my kids were small, we used to play the game around the table. What are the three inventions that have changed the world? And my three were gunpowder, the printing press, and the idea of contract, because here we have an agreement between two private parties or or more. It's private, it's freely reached, but if it's breached, the law, with all its might and all its force, will enforce it to ensure that people can rely for commerce and industry on the fact that once they have made a contract, and complied with the obligations uh, or the necessities for a valid contract, then they may rely on it. Think about it for a moment, and you'll see it's the bedrock of all economic activity, international trade, uh, economic intercourse. All of these things could not work without this simple idea. Now, because a contract, and this is also equally important, is formed by agreement, It can only be changed by agreement. So when you put something into a contract, it becomes fixed, it becomes certain, and you lose flexibility. Now, that's all well and good in certain circumstances, but in other circumstances, it can become a little difficult. Now, if you look at employment, for example, it's one of the most dynamic uh, environments that we have. And inevitably, the company that can uh, respond quickest to the ever-changing need of the market and its demands, and it's flexible enough to engage with that, they're going to do best, as opposed to the one which is slow to react and is pinned down and has to overcome all this inertia before they get to market. And the irony with contracts is that contract is a static mechanism. Here's the agreement. We agreed it. Now it stands until we agree a new agreement, whereas employment is a dynamic situation. And in reality, we make small amendments to the way we do jobs and the machines we operate and everything around the job on a continuous basis. But we don't stop to amend our employment contract. So this leads us to a situation where your contract is almost redundant the moment you sign it. But nevertheless, it's an imperfect system, but it's the best we've got, so we will stay with it. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is this very, very unfortunate trend we have in South Africa, this practice of trying to nail everything down 
in an employment contract on the argument that if we can cover it in the contract, the employers will do it and that's one less thing we need to worry about. Well, now, you and I know that the last thing that employees do is what is in their contract of employment. So we're always paying catch-up and we're trying to write the perfect contract and the contracts become longer and longer and more specific and more specific until such time as they actually break down totally because there is no flexibility left. And that, of course, forms the point of attack of your shop stewards on any procedure you have. To give you a rather absurd example, let's assume that your procedure says that your HR officer must stand in the hearing and make notes in the northwest corner of the room. It's a very detailed procedure. Now, as it happens, your HR officer is on leave, and so they bring in the training officer, and she stands on her head in the northwest corner of the room, and she doesn't make notes. Now, immediately the cry arises, breach of procedure. We should have had the training manager. He should have been standing there making notes. Instead, we had someone else. She was standing on her head. She wasn't making notes. You didn't follow your own procedure. It's an unprocedurally fair dismissal. And, of course, the CCMA commissioners love those because they then don't have to write a finding. They simply say, well, the employer didn't even follow its own rules, so that's the end of it. We make an award. That's why it's very, very important not to have the contract written in such a way that it strangles you. Now, the next thing in terms of this, I'll give you a brief list of things you should never, ever put into a contract of employment. So, for example, your hours of work. Because the minute you want to change your hours of work, suddenly Mrs. Fantonda, in accounts receivable, says, well, that doesn't suit me because I've got to drop my little yanny off at school and I won't agree to it. But now you've made it a contract. So if, in point of fact, you force it, A, you've breached the contract, but B, you've committed quite a serious crime in labor law. Another example is a job description. You never put a job description in an employment contract because job descriptions change all the time. And, of course, it leads to the argument you've heard time and time again, which is, it's not in my job description. In other words, I won't do it. So what you should put in your contract are enabling words, which say, you will be given a job description. This is not contractually binding, but is indicative of the work you will need to do, and it may be amended from time to time. Okay, so that gives you what you want. Other things you don't want to put in a contract are things which you do not need the power of contract to enforce. In other words, things that you don't have to get the employee's agreement on. You're the boss. You make the rules. When I used to work in the motor industry in the UK, the chap I worked for used to point with his thumb at the sign on the wall and say, this is the Ford Motor Company, it's not the Andrew Levy Motor Company. That's my name on the wall. So I can make the rules. And so you don't put your, your rules and your policies and your procedures and all of that huge amount of stuff that you can control unilaterally because you are the employer. The minute you put it into a contract, you lose your control over it. So you need to be very, very circumspect in writing your contract and 
Less is definitely more. If you're given a 21-page contract, throw it away. If you can't say it in three and a half, four pages, it's not worth saying at all. Now, I'm not speaking about the top echelon in your business. Um, your main board directors, they have uh, share incentive schemes. There are going to be things on restraints, on inventions, um, and so on and so forth. That's a slightly different kettle of fish. But for your rank and file, keep it simple. There it is. Now, just remember one other small point. You cannot contract outside of the law. So if the law says people may not work more than 10 hours overtime in a week and must be paid at time and a half, you can't enter into an enforceable contract which says people will work 20 hours overtime a week and the first 10 hours will not be paid because they love the employer so much. The statute forbids it. You cannot make it the subject of an enforceable contract. So just remember that the net and the meshes of a contract can become so small that they trap you as well as your employees. And that is not a situation you want to be in. So thanks very much. And when we come back next time, um, we will say a few more words about contracts and things that you really want to avoid uh, as best you can because you're going to end up with egg, or what's even worse, with employee on your face. Thank you, and goodbye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.